2: Taken from the Harvard Business Review, quote, in 2018, according to Silicon Valley Bank, only 1% of venture capital dollars went to black startup founders and black employees made up only 2.8% of Google's technical roles and 4.8% of their entire workforce. More recently, Twitter reported that black employees made up only 6% of their staff and Facebook reported 3.8% of their employees were black. All of this contributes to an environment that continues to be hostile toward African-Americans. One that tells us, you are not welcome, end quote. Since the 1970s, there's been an issue of black people being underrepresented in tech. This has led to things like camera face ID software working less effectively when analyzing black faces, racist algorithms that establish or reinforce age-old prejudices against black people and women, and Google search result biases that disproportionately show Black people in criminal or impoverished circumstances. This lack of full representation has even affected our social media platforms, where Black people struggle to consistently receive proper credit for establishing many of the viral trends that influence the world. To help us understand the importance of representation in the tech world and what we can do to increase the size of our Black digital footprint, I have today's guest, Renita M. Rhodes, with us. Renita M. Rhodes is the lead audit manager, information security for Wells Fargo, who has worked for Fortune 500 and 100 companies such as the Boeing Company, Northrop Grumman Information Technology Incorporated, and Enterprise Rent-A-Car as a senior software engineer and application security administrator. This is our daily story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So, welcome, Renita Rhodes. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
2: I'm thriving. It's great to have you on the show today. This is obviously something very important to talk about. So I'm very much looking forward to our conversation.
1: Yes, it is. And as you started talking about some of the issues that we find within the industry regarding AI and black people. It shows the importance of more of us needing to be in the, within the industry.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So. So let's start with you. How did you get involved in tech? What was it that interested you about it?
1: Well, first, I majored in business information systems at while at Tennessee State University. Mm-hmm. And I will definitely say that was not my first major. I changed my major five times um, <laughs> and I transferred school twice. So <laughs> based on a class that I had taken in Michigan State and it was a like an introductory to. Um, like computer science course, when it was like programming. So that's where my interest came from.
2: So what do you think about the education system then? Uh, You know, do you think our education system, like in your case, can do more to encourage minorities to pursue their interest in tech?
1: Our school systems especially within the inner, inner cities and mm. you know uh, i'm not gonna say all inner cities but black communities because i grew up in a city of inkster michigan the school systems within those areas do not provide the students the resources to even think of um working within this industry sure. um so yes our school systems do need to do better and um if i would have grown up in a more affluent school district, like my nephews are in now, they would have had years of programming. I'm currently like um, on an advising board for Farmington Hills Public Schools, computer science program. And so they kind of work with those within industry to kind of help them to keep them on the path um, to ensure that the students have the tools Mm -hmm. So that once they get out, they're either able to start working or they're able to major within these fields.
2: Okay, very good. So. Within the last decade, according to the Computing Research Association, data suggested out of all new computer engineering or computer science bachelor's degree recipients from prestigious research universities, of them, four point five percent were black. Why do you believe there are significantly lower numbers of black people represented in tech industries?
1: Well, one is prestigious research institutions. Sure. If you tend to think about PWIs, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say I'm not putting them down at all. I went to Michigan State and then I transferred to Tennessee State. But uh, some of these institutions tend to kill college students dreams. And they, some of them pride themselves on weeding out students. So if that's the case, you happen to have like a Black student, they may be a first-time, first-generation student coming from a low-income family. They already don't have the, um, you know, they, they may not have a support system, but then they don't have people there who look like them because it's so few numbers of them within a the school. So they may not have the ability to connect with other students. So- sure. Within computer science or, my, like I said, my major information systems, you have to know how to work with other people. I mean, you're going to have projects where you're working with people. And if, you know, people already come with the mindset that, oh, black students, they are not smart enough to even work in this field. You know, that's going to, that's going to show. And it may push people out of the major. Now, one thing I will say, um, HBCUs do... You will find more black students within, like graduating with STEM degrees from HBCUs. Naturally. According to the UNCF, 25% of African-American graduates with STEM degrees come from HBCUs. 45% of black women who earned degrees in STEM disciplines between 1995 and 2004, 46% of black women earned those degrees. So if you want to find them, because we were majoring in computer science majoring in information systems, you know, just have to look at the different schools. And it's HBCUs, if they they are there for us, for black people.
2: Sure, sure. Very good. So what do you think are some of the immediate and also some of the long-term implications of the lack of representation in the tech industry? We mentioned some, but what, you know, Mm -hmm. have you seen any more?
1: Um those, those first two that you mentioned, I those are some of the most prominent issues. Sure. I sure. would definitely sure. say it's a social aspect once you're developing these tools. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, you have some professors who think black people are criminals. You have some pe- students who think black people aren't smart enough. Those professors and students tend to work within that industry, even if they are at the university, they do research. Mm-hmm. But if they bring those biases into the programming, of course, the computer is only gonna do what that person told them to do.
2: Sure.
1: With, the, with a small percentage of black people within the industry, others will continue to think black people from the US are incapable of thriving within, this, in, within the industry. The mm-hmm. reason I say within the US Because, like you mentioned, a lot of the Silicon Valley companies, um, or as they call them, companies, um, tend to hire Black people, but they are not from the U.S. Um, Even where I am now, I may be able to count the number of African Americans that is within my team. Most of them are African. So, These companies, not just not trying to put down any of them, but um, their lack of hiring. It does promote some of the, I would say, the thought process, the negative thinking that people have. Yeah, this negative stereotypes among others. I mean, if you think about Facebook, oh, my gosh, once you mention Facebook, if you look back, well, I'm sure you know people who are are in Facebook jail all the time. yes. I tend to be one of them, <laughs> 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 but sometimes is uh, the last time I was in Facebook. jail. I was like, what the heck? I didn't even do anything. And my sister's like, they're targeting you. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And I've seen so many black people within Facebook who are in Facebook jail because one, they don't understand how we talk. Right. Then, right. then you know, you may, then they have this negative perception of me. I'm sure it's some, some check that I'm check mark I have in there now. So if I just say the last thing was, it was a it was a joke. I was talking to someone. She made a comment. and She was just discussing something. It was really funny. And I was like, basically, I'm a whoopie for saying that. I was in place in Facebook jail. Yeah. Okay. And, and, it, and it was a joke because I was laughing. It's
2: cultural as well, because a whooping yes. for us is different from a whooping for people yeah. who don't subscribe to our culture. So, yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. Okay. So, all right. Black people make up just under 5% of the tech industry's Silicon Valley workforce. And the percentage of Black people that occupy executive positions may be as low as 1%. This, according to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Discuss the impact that Black leadership could have in this space.
1: Well, Black leadership, you know, they could have a great impact pretty much to an extent. I would say, okay. especially within Silicon Valley. If you guys paid attention like last year or the year before, it was a black woman who worked at Google. I want to say she, she was kind of, I'm not exactly sure of her position. But I know she's a PhD and her work was basically kind of dealing with AI and how AI programming is, can be racist. Mm-hmm. She was doing this work. And I know Google wanted her to stop doing whatever work she was doing. They fired her. She was, I want to say, a recruiter for Google. So, you know, she's bringing people in from HBCUs or at least trying, mm-hmm. you know. So it's only so much Black leaders can do within the company. They have some influence. Yeah, mm-hmm. they could bring some people in, pull, you know, reach back and pull people in. Like that tends to happen at HBCUs anyway. Um, it, you know, we, we go, back, alums go back and then we try to hire students from our schools. Understood.
2: Okay, so let's shift gears here for a bit. Discuss the cultural significance of black Twitter and and viral trends from black creators on TikTok and Instagram. I want to talk about the cultural significance in those spaces.
1: Well, I mean, if you think about all three of those areas, those apps, black Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, they're just microcosms of our black culture. I mean, if you. We. Our vibe. I mean, you know, everybody yeah. pays attention to black people. Um, we set trends, we've been setting trends in music, clothing, hairstyles, etc, long before these apps came available. Right. And, and it's only fitting that we set these trends on these apps. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. it's in our nature, so we're always being watched. So if we're going to do something, someone else of another background is going to mimic us. Yeah, they more than likely like always what do they do they they're the ones that end up getting paid for it and you know it's it's disheartening to see that this is still going on today especially during a time when the black creators on tiktok they said they weren't dancing anymore they were boycotting and if you, and you saw how when they stopped doing stuff the the um, caucasian creators Couldn't come up with a dance. (laughs) I mean, the dance world. It it was like, what the heck is that?
2: Understood. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And, uh, you know, something that I found um, right after that was that Instagram responded. uh, And there were two uh, Black programmers, Black women that incorporated a feature. um, I believe it's an upcoming feature in Instagram that will allow Black creators to uh, receive credit for their content. So it's just meaningful that we, we that at this point, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I appreciate the response.
0: Here- this show is sponsored by better help. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments that comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings
2: With us today discussing black representation in tech industries is today's guest, Renita M. Rhodes, uh, lead audit manager, information security for Wells Fargo and a.k.a. member. So let's move on. Uh, Let's (laughs) discuss the pathways and challenges to landing a lucrative job in the tech industry. What are some of the ones you're aware of?
1: Okay. well, today there are several pathways to enter the -hmm. tech build. You know, first one, everyone needs to. First, well, I would say first, everyone would need to decide the area of focus that they want to, you know, that they have an interest in mm-hmm. because the tech build is vast. Yeah. Um, even within, you know, tech, I'm now within cyber, but mm-hmm. prior I was in software development. So, and then, there were, then I was also in IT audit. So, you, these are three totally separate areas within IT and, um, you Now you also have crypto, you have fintech, fintech, um, health tech, food tech. It's so many different areas that you can focus on. So, oh, and cloud. Someone will have to figure out what they actually want to do. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, four-year degrees come to mind most when people are looking to enter the field. Mm -hmm. There are other options. However, I will say getting a degree that will start you out making more but like it's not the only pathway. People are now entering the field with like um, attending community colleges because they, a lot of them tend to have, like especially within cybersecurity, they have programs there and they're targeting blacks because they need more of us within the industry. Um, So they have these programs out there to help bring people in. But if someone doesn't want to go the college route, there are technical apprenticeship programs. Um, so I sit on a board for CyberUp. CyberUp educates and promote, and prepares adult students for cybersecurity careers. And they do focus on black stu- black kids as well. But within apprenticeships for CyberUp and there are others, too, like from LaunchCode, CoderGirl, Girl, um, they people tend to start working within the industry sooner. Uh, and some companies that I found that were actually doing this, they have apprenticeship programs themselves Is Accenture, Airbnb, Google, IBM, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Pinterest, and Wells Fargo. And so people could get into these apprenticeship programs, and more than likely they will have, you know, they will have a job. And then there are boot camps that people are starting to do, and, you know, they opt for certifications. The downfall of this. If you just kind of opt for the certifications, even in degree programs, if they don't get the experience, they will have a hard time getting a job. How a student can get experience within, like, say, if they're an undergrad, they need to do internships and co-ops. That's how I even got in the tech industry because I interned with FAA. I interned with the H, with HP. I interned with the Corps of Engineers. And so because of that, I was, I had a job graduating. And the last thing I will definitely say is networking. You got to talk to people. Right. I know they say people within this field do not like to talk. They like to be, they're more introverted. They prefer to be with the computer. You got to get up. You got to talk because it's about who you know, especially once you start moving up.
2: Very good. Well, you mentioned some of the jobs that exist and you mentioned that the tech field was, was vast. What are some of the jobs that Black people should be looking out for specifically?
1: <laughs> well, I'm you know I'm a little biased because of the areas I'm in. That's okay. Cybersecurity, cybersecurity, cybersecurity. Okay. Okay. However, there is data intelligence. Um, so that would be like data analytics. Mm-hmm. Then there is cloud. So with the cloud industry, you know you have Google, you have Amazon. Um, Microsoft is doing it as well. I mean, it's just different organizations that have what they call the cloud. People working within the cloud are making money, but um, but they won't, like, say, work for Boeing. They could work for Amazon. And of course, there's tech Crypto, blo- Blockchain. Blockchain is another that's coming up. So that's crypto. <laughs> that's basically encryption, and it's a very advanced form of encryption. But it's good to get into because... That industry is paying quite well.
2: Okay. That's, so, what we, that's what we need. <laughs>
1: yes, we need that. And But again, like I said, the field is so vast and it's, it's ever-changing. So new job titles come up all the time.
2: So what are some of the companies or programs in place bringing about more diversity in the tech industry?
1: So there are several companies working to diversify the tech industry within their organizations. I know just from past experiences, like the big three, they were always coming down to Tennessee State to recruit. Boeing, IBM, HP, and of course the federal government. They've been doing this for decades. However, after the murder of George Floyd, you know, that, that all of that's been popularized. And so many of these companies now are making it a priority to start looking at HBCUs to recruit. Microsoft. Microsoft is working to increase Black people within the tech space.
2: Okay, very good. Now let's um let's talk about specifically Black owned tech ventures. Um, what what are some Black owned tech ventures that you might be aware of, and how can we support them? I think that's another great question.
1: So, um, I will say I remember talking to a guy from TSU. His name is Leron Walker. He has had several startups, um, but one of the latest that I saw that he was doing um, is he's actually creating a social media platform. This app that he has is incorporating augmented reality technology. Wow! And they're sharing and making and sharing where they're able to make and share like new dances or like discover new dances. So black tech, like the black creators, they may want to go over there and kind of help them with that. You know where they're doing these things because they have these different what they call skins or different avatars. And they're pretty much their work from what I was looking at. They're dancing with the avatar. Uh, And it's an app you could download on Apple. Then their pitch book published like a list of 66 black founders and investors to watch this year. Okay. And some of their ventures, they span like education, finance, food industry and healthcare industry. So some of those that I would say were as far as the educational space was Wonder School, all here. Within fintech and blockchain was Capway, Collateral Edge, Stackwell, Lynch Street, Funder, that's spelled F-U-N-D-R, Perch, Wealthy Life, and Credit Rich. Most of those were dealing with, some was investments, some was um, dealing with credit, trying to get, I guess, loans and maybe funding. Sure. And, and then, of course, there was a health tech, you know, that was most of those tend to be they tend to be within certain areas. So if we were to support them and if they were to actually have more support, they could probably increase their market.
2: OK, very good. Um, it's funny because uh, I was actually looking into this uh, as we were preparing for today's episode and I encountered a an app called fanbase that would the creator was Isaac Hayes the third so it's a black owned social media platform as you mentioned yeah and, you know, I, I joined it you know just to be supportive and I put some photos up there so yeah that that it to me it feels good to know that there's someone protecting the interests of black people um and that you know I'm not, I'm diversifying further what it is mm-hmm. that I, my, my social media footprint. And so, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to hear these other companies as well. Yeah. So, um, And speaking of social media, let's talk about you. If you're on social media, um, folks that might have listened today, maybe they're inspired and they want to learn more. Is there a way folks can keep in contact with you?
1: Um. Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. I am listed as Renita M. Rose. You could probably search Renita Rose. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I'm on Clubhouse. You can contact me there as well under my name, Renita M. Rhodes. Mm -hmm. On Instagram, that would be Renita underscore M underscore Rhodes.
2: Very good. Okay. well, thank you so much for your insights today. Once again, our guest is Renita M. Rhodes, Lead Audit Manager, Information Security for Wells Fargo. And just because I know you want to hear it, one more shout out to the AKAs. (laughs) (laughs) And before I go, I'll leave you with this. Humans create the future of technology. Technology creates the future of humans. The equation is simple enough on its face, logical and linear, symbiotic and balanced. However, the optics shift a bit when only certain humans are creating the future of technology, because as equations go, this leads to technology creating the future of certain humans. The battle for full human rights voting rights and civil rights are well-documented and ongoing. However, the information age has brought with it a new battlefront. We are nature's original and truest expression of humanity. We are the blueprint. We are the platonic ideal. However, a lack of the representation of our people, culture and interests could very well result in a caricature of ourselves coded into Mm -hmm. the lines of humanity's future. We must not allow this. We must stand and be counted. We must meet the demand to shape our digital destiny. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story.